listening to the Psychiatric Nurse Practitioner Podcast. This is Ana Sanchez, your host. Each week, I share with you evidence-based research about mental health disorders. I dispense empathy, hope, and share with you a deeper understanding of what mental illness is. Together, we can raise awareness, improve attitudes, and remove the barriers to mental health. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Psych Nurse Practitioner Podcast. This is Ana Sanchez, your host. Today, we will be talking about post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. PTSD is a mental health condition that is caused by some terrifying event. Someone will experience an event or witness an event that may cause symptoms of nightmares, severe anxiety, flashbacks of the event, or even have thoughts that are negative that one cannot control. When people go through a traumatic event, they can have difficulty coping after the event occurred. Some have difficulty adjusting to their regular routines. But most of the time, patients who experience trauma have good outcomes, especially when they have a good familiar or social support system, good self-care, and gets better with PTSD symptoms. If the symptoms get worse and the patient is not able to function daily, a diagnosis of PTSD is made with strict guidelines under the DSM-5 criteria. Now, according to a National Comorbidity Survey Replication, or NCSR, a representative sample of 9,282 Americans 18 and older, there were 5,692 participants had the PTSD criteria. The NCSR estimated the lifetime prevalence of PTSD among adult Americans is 6.8%. For males, it's 3.6%, and for um, females, it was 9.7% prevalence of PTSD. According to the same research, the prevalence of PTSD among high-risk children who have witnessed abuse or natural disasters, these children have higher prevalence of PTSD than adults in the general population. Kirkpatrick and colleagues in 2003 had assessed prevalence among adolescents ages 12 to 17 years old and had an estimation for boys at 3.7% and 6.3% for girls that fit the criteria of PTSD under the DSM-5 criteria. Now, there was another study among Vietnam veterans of the NVVRS National Vietnam Veterans Readjustment Study, where they studied 316,000 Americans, excuse me, it's 3,016 American veterans in the Vietnam era where they sampled and who served in that time frame. The lifetime prevalence of PTSD among Vietnam veterans was 30.9% for males and 26.9% for females. As far as the Gulf War um, veterans, Kang et al. have studied the prevalence of PTSD and had a representative sample of 11,441 Gulf War veterans. 
They used the PTSD checklist or PCL and found that there was 12.1% who fit the criteria for PTSD. Now, RAND Corporation Center for Military Health uh, Policy Research assessed the prevalence of PTSD among those who were deployed in the Operation Enduring Freedom and Operation Iraqi Freedom, OEF or OIF, and also used the PCL checklist. Among the um, 1,938 participants, the prevalence of PTSD was 13.8%. Now, PTSD symptoms can occur about a month after the trauma, or it may appear years after the traumatic event. Now, let's talk about PTSD symptoms. Patients who have PTSD can have intrusive thoughts that are very upsetting. They can have dreams or nightmares about the traumatic event. Patients can have severe emotional distress and may have physical reactions that are triggered by the traumatic event. Now, those who have PTSD can have recurrent, unwanted, distressing memories of the trauma. Those who have PTSD can also relive the traumatic event as if it was happening right now at that particular moment when, and they have the flashbacks. As far as avoidance symptoms, patients may avoid this, the event uh, or talking about the event. They may avoid uh, places and things and people and activities that remind them of the traumatic event. Patients who have PTSD can have alterations in their mood and thoughts and they may become negative. Patients have difficulty with positive emotions. Those who have PTSD have emotional numbing. They can isolate and may not enjoy the activities they once did. They may be feeling detached from their families and friends. They may continue to withdraw from their social circle as well. Patients with PTSD have difficulty with relationships. Their concentration can be impaired and not remember specific aspects of the trauma. And this is very common. Um, patients can be helpless or hopeless about their future. Patients who have PTSD can have negative thoughts about themselves and may have low self-esteem, as well as negative thoughts around them. Now, as far as physical and emotional symptoms, PTSD can make one easily frightened and be on guard. They may be hypervigilant. They may want to forget about the traumatic event and may start self-medicating with alcohol or drugs. Some may have reckless behaviors and, and drive fast and not wear their seat belts. Patients who also have PTSD can have sleep issues and nightmares as we have said earlier. Patients with PTSD can have irritability or extreme shifts in mood with aggressive behavior and outbursts that can be very scary for those around them. And those around them can develop PTSD as well. Now let us be aware as providers in mental health that children who have experienced trauma may reenact the traumatic events through play. So be aware of this. Patients who have experienced trauma may have suicidal thoughts 
So you as a provider may have to call 911 and have the patient be escorted to a higher level of care. Now in the military, we use the ACE mnemonic, A-C-E, ask, care, and escort. This mnemonic can be used for civilians as well. So ask directly if they're having suicidal thoughts. Um, C is for um, caring, showing empathy, active listening, and, and being able to convey that, that you care for that patient. E is for escort. As a friend, you can escort them to a psychiatric nurse practitioner, see a psychiatrist, a social worker, a psychologist, or the nearest emergency room. Make sure that firearm access is removed. Remove the ammunition, lock it. Medications are also removed from patients who may overdose on medications. Um, causes of trauma that have involved death, injury, combat trauma, sexual assault, car accidents, um, these are actual or threatened death scenarios that can uh, result in the PTSD symptoms. Now let us talk about risk factors for PTSD. Those with family history of depression, anxiety, have a higher risk for having PTSD. Um, altered chemicals in the brain, jobs that have higher risk for trauma, like um, military service members, police officers, EMT, firemen, um, healthcare workers are at higher risk for um, developing PTSD as well. Now, children, as we've said earlier, who have experienced physical, emotional, um, sexual abuse may be at higher risk for developing PTSD later on in life. Those who have been physically ass assaulted, sexually violated, threatened with a weapon, car accidents are also at higher risk for developing PTSD. Now, as a provider, you need to read up on the Adverse Childhood Experience Study. We call it the ACE study, where they found a relationship of the victimization during early childhood, perpetration, violence, have higher risk for psychological and medical problems later on in life, such as chronic depression, cancer, hypertension, coronary artery disease, alcoholism, illicit substance use, even de eating disorders, obesity, and suicidality. You, as the provider who is aware of this uh, study, can reduce the medical and mental health risk for the population you serve. So prevention is the key through awareness and education. Now we touched the importance of prevention of PTSD that affects the medical and psychological health of your patients. <clears throat> Make sure you ask your patients that you may collaborate with their family and friends who may give support to them. If in case it's a life-threatening emergency, you do not need an, um, permission from your patients to call the family. Make sure you let them go see a professional 
refer them to alcohol and drug um, abuse centers for short-term and long-term rehab, refer them to social workers, psychologists, therapists, and counselors. PTSD diagnosis is done by a professional, um, such as a psychiatrist or a um, psych nurse practitioner, and does a thorough physical exam. Order labs as usual. Um, psychological evaluation is needed. <clears throat> Family history, psychiatric history, medical history, and social history is important. A mental status exam is critical that is done by the psych nurse practitioner or the psychiatrist. Diagnosis of PTSD is um, done according to the DSM-5 criteria. There's a strict criteria for the diagnosis for PTSD, and one is required. A stressor or intrusion symptoms, avoidance symptoms, negative alterations in cognitions, and alterations in arousal and reactivity. Uh, there's a duration that would last for about a month, at least for about a month, and create distress and functional impairment with social or occupational impairment. So exclusion would be symptoms not due to medication, substance use, or other illness. So we will talk about that uh, criteria for DSM-5 in another um, podcast, and we will continue on with our PTSD um, podcast. So as far as treatment for PTSD, to control the symptoms, there are several modalities. I tell my patients it's pills and skills. This is what I recommend. Psychotherapy and medication management, especially in the acute phase of the trauma, where patient is not able to function socially or with a job or school. Coping skills is very important that they may be... um, Uh, looked at and talked about during therapy, changing the thought process, the negative thoughts, and changing that mindset. We need to treat the depression, the anxiety, and also always, always refer to a higher level of care when it comes to patient suicidality, homicidality, alcohol, or substance use. Now, psychotherapy is very important with PTSD diagnosis. When patient is ready, there's exposure therapy, there's cognitive therapy, there's also EMDR that are all useful for PTSD symptoms. As far as medication management, you can include anti-anxiety medications, antidepressants such as the SSRIs, which are also first line, and off-label uses of prazosin which is a medication for high blood pressure that reduces the nightmare symptoms. So those who experience PTSD needs a lot of education and a lot of support. Um, Educate your patients on how they can do their self-care, 
avoid self-medication, avoid alcohol and illicit substance use. Patients with PTSD has to stay connected socially and not isolate. They need to seek individual or group therapy wherever they are comfortable. For you as the um, provider, you need to make sure that you actively listen to what is being said by your patients. And it's very important to build that therapeutic alliance with your patients. Thank you for listening to the Psych Nurse Practitioner Podcast. This is Ana Sanchez, your host. We'll see you again. Thank you. Psych Nurse Practitioner Podcast is a weekly podcast where I share with you my passion in the field of psychiatry. I discuss evidence-based research, treatment modalities, psychotropics, and different therapies that we use in psychiatry. My hope is to build a community where we can have empathy and compassion to those struggling with mental health conditions. Find me on social media at Anna Sanchez underscore psych underscore NP and subscribe to my podcast. Thank you. This Psych Nurse Practitioner podcast does not constitute a medical advice. This podcast is not intended to replace a professional psychiatric assessment. The ideas expressed in this podcast do not reflect the position of the speakers, authors, affiliated medical and nurse practitioner organizations. Thank you. Ana Sanchez is a dual certified family and psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. She currently practices as a psych nurse practitioner in the local emergency room. She has experiences in both inpatient and outpatient psychiatric setting. She has consulted in the past as a psych nurse practitioner as well. She has teaching experience as an adjunct clinical faculty instructor in both med surge and psychiatry. She currently serves as a medical officer in the U.S. Air Force Reserves. She is passionate in the care of those with mental health conditions. She is also the founder and executive director for Hope Center for Veterans, which is a nonprofit organization that increases positive outcomes for veterans. 